<clears throat> All right, we're live. So go ahead and share that to your page, please, Abu. Let me know when you're good to go. Ooh, right. I've posted it in our little forum. Lovely. Forum, and I'm going to post it on my page as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have just joined us, we will be with you in just a few minutes. We're just sharing it to all the relevant places so as many people can see what we're about to talk about as possible. Let me know where you're watching from in the comments because I can see everything you comment live and I would love to know where in the world you're watching us from for episode 12 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Hey, everyone. Hey. <clears throat> it's working because I'm watching the generator. <laughs> Hello, Kate from Brighton. Sunny Brighton. Brighton's always been sunny when I've been there. Not that many times. <laughs> so, is that one of your friends? <laughs> yeah. Kate is amazing. I'll have to send you um, a podcast that she's featured in, actually. Oh, okay. uh, Lucy. Lucy's one of uh, my friends and also a director at, at Plea. Awesome. All right, so you're good to go? Yeah, let me just close this. There we go. Okie dokie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome wherever you are watching from in the world, whether you're watching now live or later, welcome to episode number 12 of the For the Hustle podcast. I am very thankful and grateful to be joined today by Abby Hughes. Abby is a long-time friend of mine. We go way back. <laughs> um, I said, I'm pleased and grateful that she is here with me. Abby is a lady who's not just passionate benefits of medicinal cannabis in the UK. She is making it happen, proficient the change culture and service. I worked in the UK's National Health Service for over ten years, and then went on to transfer her her expertise as a patient access consultant for the Drug Science Project 21, Europe's largest medicinal cannabis registry, ev evidencing safety, on right, efficacy, yes, I got it, for <laughs> cannabis, medicinal cannabis use. Abby believes in cannabis being readily available to people suffering from chronic pain and mental health issues. Abby, absolute pleasure to have you on. How are you today, my friend? 
thanks for having me. It's uh, really nice to be talking to you. It's been a while since we've seen each other, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm really good. I'm super stoked for you on episode twelve because uh, we we were going to do episode two just a couple of weeks ago, but then they got I can't say the little C word, but uh, we had to postpone a bit, and now boom, we're on twelve. That's amazing. So big up you. I've got the hunger for the. Yeah. Rest of the week. <laughs> can we can we not can we not talk about why we couldn't do two? You don't want to mention it. Yeah, um, no, I just I got coronavirus, didn't I? I coronavirus. Wrong for the team. It seems, uh, yeah. Some I live in Birmingham city centre, so it was inevitable that it was going to happen at some point. And yeah, I ended up with yeah quite, quite poorly, not not horrendous, but yeah, it wasn't fun. But I'm over it now. I'm Say that again. In a weird way, I want to crack. In a weird way, I want to congratulate you because you're actually the first person that I know that's had coronavirus. So yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> cheers. 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 Like you said, it's been a while since we spoke, and I know you've been on this huge journey to making cannabis more accessible across the UK for people who need it. But tell us a little bit more about, and, and we talked about this just before we went live, actually, how you went from working in the NHS to doing what you are doing now. Um, well, it started um, probably two years ago now I left the NHS. Ironically, I got made redundant because I was deemed too sick to work. And now I'm on cannabis medicines. I'm well enough to run my own community interest company. So. Mm -hmm that um so i around six years ago i met a group um at a, a protest in london i'd heard about cannabis being medicine um i'd been using it for i'd been diagnosed with endometriosis and i started using cannabis myself um and i i saw a few groups sort of on the internet on facebook doing a few things so i went to london to go to a protest to say look cannabis is a medicine this should be legalized I sort of went discreetly because I was a manager in the NHS at the time um, and I came across a group called United Patients Alliance and I started um, sort of volunteering with them, helping them with bits of social media here and there and going to events with them and telling my story of how actually I had started using cannabis to help my symptoms of pain, anxiety, even being able to eat and sleep versus taking a lot of different pharmaceutical medicines. Um, so that sort of went on and we realised we needed to be working in a proper non-profit framework. Um, we wanted to develop ourselves as a community interest company and the only way to do that was to sort of rebrand and start again. So our management team have moved over to what is now PLEA, Patient-Led Engagement for Access, and we have established ourselves to challenge the inequalities in access. We managed to get cannabis rescheduled with the help of lots of different organisations across the UK, lots of different patients, parents of um, children with epilepsy, lots of different people were involved in through the, all these different avenues. In November 2018, cannabis became a Schedule 2 drug instead of Schedule 1. And that now means that cannabis can be a medicine. But what it also means is it's blocked from researchers easily and things like that. Really, I didn't know that. 
yeah, so this is why Plea came about to go, oh, hang on a minute, you've rescheduled, you've done these things that lots of patients and carers and parents have asked for, but actually there's still no access. You've changed the law, but the access is still really limited. So mm -hmm. we work with stakeholders, we collaborate with um, groups such as Drug Science, you mentioned in the intro, we're part of their project 2021, um, which is to get 20,000 patients onto medical cannabis in the UK. And I was one of the first patients to actually get cannabis medicine. My jar's right here, actually. Yeah. It literally comes in this form. And then you also yeah. go, oh, so this, this is the, sort of the end of a bag, but you can see there's buds in here and things. And this goes in a vaporizer. Um, and then is inhaled and within minutes I get the effects of that and that helps with my anxiety and the chronic pain. It's prescribed to me by a psychiatrist. So in the six years I've been in medicinal cannabis, I've gone from standing outside parliament saying cannabis is medicine to being invited inside parliament to share our stories about why cannabis is medicine and why and how it helps people to now running at my own community interest company with a group of other patients and um, carers and supporters of medicinal cannabis. And actually we're already making waves. We're already doing loads of really exciting things as plea. So I'm really yeah. proud that we've gone through this motion and now we've set up this professional organization to say, look, you know, we might be patients, but we're professionals as well. We want access to medicine. We want a better quality of life. This isn't about, oh, we just all want to get high. We just want to get well. We just want to be better. Um, and sort of we want to highlight the, the consequences, I guess, of them not doing that. People are getting sick. You know, I was made redundant from the NHS. Fortunately, now I'm on something that really is helping me. It's reliable access. It gets delivered to my door. It's regulated. I know what's in it. And it's really helping me. It, I was also prescribed an oil before, which didn't help me. So I've learned. Mm -hmm of my doctor I've had to pay a fee because it's a private prescription but through project 2021 medications are actually subsidized um so for my flour for example 30 grams of flour that's just over one ounce of flour is um 150 pounds and some mm. patients need a gram a day some might need two so some might pay 150 a month some might have to pay 300 a month and that's not accessible to some people no. But for for people where they are managing to pay for this, their data is being captured, and hopefully this will enable NHS access in future. There are some mm. schemes like um, Sapphire Medical um, Foundation. They have um, some patients can apply for funding. Project mm. 21 is doing like an assisted access scheme, which should launch. Um, probably early next year I don't know because I'm not directly involved in that but um, I'm hearing that the there's an assisted access scheme that's going to be put out there to help patients to be able to meet the cost of their medication or consultations um, and it's not ideal it's not we're not at the perfect stage yet but we are putting the stepping stones in the pond and we're getting across it and it's up to people whether they want to step on those stones with us or they want to sort of place their own and get across the pond in their own way that's okay mm. but we are doing it in our way 
And if people want to wait for all those stones to be placed before they start exploring it, fine. But actually by enabling ourselves to step forward and go, actually, yeah, I'm having to pay for it, but I've got my private prescription. Um, I get PIP, personal independence payment, for my uh, Elizabeth syndrome pots and all these other symptoms that affect me. So I put my PIP money, it goes on my cannabis prescription. And I'm really fortunate that I'm in a position where I can do that. But it's mm. really sad because a lot of people just, it, it, that's an impossibility for a lot of people. They can't. Yeah. Some people will compromise and rejig their lives around to be able to afford this great. But for some people that isn't achievable. Um, so we're sort of, challenging the inequalities there and saying well hang on there's the, all these financial barriers and stig there's a stigma of using cannabis as a medicine everyone thinks well you just want to get high well I've just medicated before we've come on this chat and that's what's enabled me to actually go right yeah let's go I'm not sitting here like hey man I'm totally safe. yeah, well, yeah. I'm ready this is it I'm let's go I'm ready for the day now um and then there's um yeah, there's the lack of research as well. So we sort of partner with research institutions to sort of push that further. Um, Project 2021 is capturing patient reported outcomes. So sort of three months, everything that's been discussed with your clinician has been put into the software that will be anonymised. And then the data, um, hopefully at the, at the um, medical cannabis working group drug science run, we should start to see the early early sets of data now it's been about three months since the test patients were launched so yeah. we should start to see things like that um we get invited to really exciting things like there was a multi-criteria decision analysis on on um pain medication so for um neuropathic pain rather than chronic pain we there was um Dr. Uh, Professor Larry Phillips, who is absolutely, his mind is just mind blowing. He's um, an analytical thinker and he's a like a strategist and that kind of thing. So we sort of sat down and he introduces to the UK maybe 40 odd years ago, I think, the MCDA model. And then he put that into healthcare. So mm -hmm. he sort of plots, he plotted different medications for neuropathic pain, things like opiates, gabapentinoids, um, even down to like ibuprofen and things. And then we mapped out cannabis, cannabis that had THC and CBD, just THC like dominant or CBD dominant. And the results of that should be out later this year. But mm. what I can say is it was surprising to see how well cannabis fared plotted out on this map. And this was people from all around the world, professionals yeah. from around the world, doctors um, from Canada, from Holland, other places came and sat around a table pre-COVID, what was done last year. Um, I'm sorry, it was in the beginning of this year. Um, and I was invited as a patient. So this was the first time that patients were included in the MCDA model. And actually having our input there enables all these outcomes from this session when it would have been different if it had been just the doctor sitting there. So we yeah. sort of there to make sure that patient voice is heard and say, hang on, can you, we're not just patients. We are people with real lives here. I was a manager in the NHS for 10 years before mm -hmm. I was being too sick. And it's, you know, I was, I was good at what I did. 
I enjoyed what I did, I loved helping people, and now I've managed to transfer that into something actually where we as a, a community, we're called Plea Patient Engagement for Access, but we shorten that to Plea Community because we're a community interest company. We have community yeah. membership, so we've got a little forum on Facebook that people can join as part of being a community member. We have different events that are exclusive to our members, then they are recorded live like this, so pe the public can sort of watch them after. Um, but we, we're already really starting to make a difference. And I've been really proud of these past few weeks actually going, oh, we're getting booked out to do all of these different things. People want to work with us. And it's really exciting because we are patient-led. There's a reason we put it in our name. We want to make sure people know the, the stigma needs to go because actually cannabis is what enables me to work. Yeah. Mm yeah yeah i think a lot of interesting points you you've you've raised there and it's i think everyone understands everyone seems to understand that cannabis does work as certainly as as chronic pain relief to help with mental illness and another long and vast stream of things that people have been using it for centuries frankly no now there's there's a gap between um that and, and what people know, people know it's effective. And then the demonization of it that happened, you know, um, somewhere in the region of kind of 78 years ago, where it was like it was demonized for certain reasons that we probably won't We've got hours of, <laughs> of podcasters <laughs> over. It was about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the card industry, the newspaper industry. Uh, yeah, anyone who's watching this who wants to know why it was demonized, Essentially, we know it helps. People know it helps because it's been de demonised and made, made illegal. Which thing? People who are going in some areas more than others. You know, in America, it's not not every state now, but near enough, it's getting there that, that way. That a lot of states are making it. Um, a lot more accessible and, and legal, of course, in some states without any kind of documentation needed, which is fantastic. And I, I believe it will go that way eventually in the UK and here in Australia, where here in Australia, the situation is you can get it in an oil form essentially only. I don't know the version yet. I could be wrong. You can get it in an oil form. You have to go um, to a specialist doctor. It's quite difficult to get the appointment. Uh, it's quite difficult to get any appointments at the minute, but this aside, it's quite difficult to get the appointment. And then it's a very stringent set of criteria that you have to meet to be able to get that oil. Yeah. But, you know, as you just pertained to me there, oil isn't always the ideal solution for a lot of people. It's um, it's, it's not a, a trial and error. It's the same with any medication. You know, some yeah. people take flour and an oil. Some people take just an oil. Mm. Everyone is different. There's different technologies now coming out with nano emulsion technology where the bioavailability of the cannabinoids last in your system for longer. And this is why I'm mm. so excited to be running play because we get to work with organizations that want to engage with us on things like this. It's absolutely yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, so you get all the new stuff right, all the all the brand new stuff and and figure well, out whether it's for our input on on products, you know, we doing consultancy work to help these companies understand what it is that patients want we've just launched applications for our patient working group where patients can sign up 
and we get to, we get asked to do different things. Recently, there was a can card um, um, launched in the UK and a MedCan ID card. So the can card is for patients who um, would meet the criteria to get a private prescription but can't afford it. And if they are caught in possession of cannabis, they can produce their can card and the police um, will recognise this card and will likely take a step back and go, mm -mm, you know, it's not um, an official like police card, but it is endorsed by the police and it is, um, well, it's along the lines of being endorsed by the police, but you can, you can have a look at that. Um, I think it's camcard.org. Dot uk but you just have to google can card and then there's medcan id which is um oh actually i can probably show you my medcan id card so this is the stage where we're at oh no i don't know where my, my purse is but anyhow um it's on our website so, okay and the medcan id card it's free for the first year for patients who do have a prescription oh there's my purse i just spotted it um and you can, again, if I was out medicating and I got stopped, for example, I could pull out my MedScan ID card and say, look, I am a medical, it's probably got half my details on there, but you can kind of get the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. No, we're, so we're, we're collaborating with MedScan ID they are providing that card for free to patients for the first year so that they they have like that secure second layer. So some patients feel they don't need an ID card, they've got a prescription, that's enough. Other patients think, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Someone like me, I'm living in Birmingham City Centre, I'm going to get tapped on the shoulder every five minutes if I'm out vaping. So I'm like... That's, that's like my reassurance, so I don't have to, because my, my prescriptions are virtual, they're on an email, if I don't have my phone on or something, I've literally got that card and I can say, look, can you can you not? I'm a, I'm a patient here, and then we yeah, yeah. can have a conversation about me being a patient rather than a criminal, which is mm. ridiculous that anyone would be deemed a criminal for mm. cannabis, but then again, that's why the CAN card exists. Um, they are two different entities but yeah they uh they have the similarities and that's really interesting to me that just a few years ago i well just a few months ago i was using illicit cannabis and only since july i've had that cannabis flower and it's changed my life i was a major insomniac i was probably online the same times as you over in australia a few months ago and yeah, since having... that, I, i'd see you popping up and thinking what's yeah. she doing <laughs> and people would People would come online in the mornings and be like, oh, morning, and I'd be like, oh, shit, is it that time? I've stayed awake all, all night. Yeah. Um, and since I've had access to the right strain, I've been more productive. I'm I'm more active in the day, which means I'm more tired at night, so I'm taking myself to bed at a reasonable time, and I'm getting up earlier. And mm. this is becoming a better routine for me i'm still not 100 percent. it's doesn't haven't cured me it's not this miracle cure but it's made my symptoms manageable and this is what we oh. want to sort of play with please you know what i'm sure um she won't mind saying but one of our team she medicates to be a housewife and to get the housework done she did that's she has fibromyalgia and lives in chronic pain and some days she's unable to get out of bed and you know things like showering are difficult and other days 
the symptoms are so well managed by cannabis that none of that's a problem and it's allowed that quality of life to just get on with things mm -hmm. yeah it's fantastic how it transforms most people's lives and and it's a it's it's a shame that it is demonized in the way it is of course it's not to me and you and to many people um our age and it's not just an age thing at all that's not how it is it's really kind of an education thing and an environmental thing as to why people think it's such a you know a a, a bad and a terrible thing and it's it's you know well i guess when something's made illegal it is then thought to be seen by society as something that should be stayed away from and it's given a red flag well um alcohol prohibition do they when they're given oh well it's illegal and that didn't work did it it really didn't work and no it did and i think if you look at if, if you look at what happened there with alcohol it's literally history repeating itself now with cannabis yeah and I had a conversation. you know you know mim you know my sister she works in mental health she's a hospital director now i'm really proud of her she's been absolutely amazing right. yeah she's she's absolutely doing brilliantly and she's doing all this stuff because she's got a really good attitude towards people with mental health and managed to make the services better for those people but a few years back she sort of said to me oh cannabis why would you want that legalized you know look think of my patients you know who use cannabis then it's so bad for them and i was like well yeah think of them if it was regulated it people knew what they were having people had access to it in a safe environment mm then it would be less dangerous to those people. And people yeah. who do have an issue with using cannabis would have access to help instead of being criminalised. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, I get it now. And when she's seen me actually use it as a medication, it's not just, you know, at some point, I think my family just thought I was like using it as an excuse. And it's like, actually, no, this enabled me to live. This is what gives me my quality of life. And now that's being recognised, like genuinely, really. Like every day that I do this, I'll do this for Nanny Carol till the end because my nan used to use cannabis all, all day, every day. And looking back, I just remember how much it helped her. That's what mm -hmm. she used to live. And we all have an endocannabinoid system. So when I worked in the NHS, I used to go, oh, Professor Oncologist, have you seen this study that this oncologist in america has done it says about the endocannabinoid system um and the tumor shrinking properties and i would never say to anyone can it cures cancer not at all but if it can help with aspects like one of the um conditions that project 2021 prescribes for is nausea and chemotherapy patients it's starting to be recognized now by institutions and by clinicians that this is a medicine so why don't we make access to it safe and available? Mm. Opioid crisis, there's the nice of release guidelines on chronic pain saying basically you shouldn't be having opioids and um, just use paracetamol sort of thing and be, yeah. you don't don't use anything, just use mindfulness and it's all in your head sort of thing. <laughs> just like That's really insulting to a lot of people. It's been highly challenged actually. Um, and we're here like, well, we have an endocannabinoid system. Do you not remember learning about enzymes at school, the lock and key mechanism? It's the same principle. We have CB1 and CB2 receptors and the different cannabinoids act and bind with these different receptors. And this is why it works. 
So we try and talk not just about cannabis actually, but the endocannabinoid system and why and how it works. And mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of, we have got coming up in November, um, something really exciting for the, the um, just look out for the first week of November. In a couple of weeks, we should have an announcement. Hopefully, the beginning of October, we should be able to. Maybe we could even, maybe we could even get you back on when you can talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Absolutely, because that sounds really exciting. Uh, Sabrina on the side here in the in the comments said, "I'm not sure I'll show this up here. I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it, but she's mostly to make it legal. I guess she's talking about cannabis yeah. in the health." system when i was working in cannabis research in the university of michigan so it it seems to be it it happened i mean i was in america i'm not sure the last time you you went there but i was there in let me just think i'm looking over here so i've got pictures on the wall when i was there i think it was 2017 i would say and there it seemed that it was it was kind of i went to oregon uh, I went to so yes, yeah, so I went to Oregon, California, um, Nevada, and I think that was it. But it was pretty much it was readily available in all them states in in a in a form that you could go to a shop and just buy it. It wasn't because of course that's 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 the problem, you know. As as we'll we'll get onto in a minute, but there's there's two main forms of cannabis when you look at it, which is indica and sativa. And then obviously it goes down into hybrids and lots of other strains. I'm sure you'll know probably a bit more than me about that. But Science is saying now that indica and sativa is probably not the best way to be looking at cannabis and that all these years maybe that hasn't been as helpful because no matter whether it's indica or sativa, it's more to do with the THC and CBD contents. Right. Yeah, which is in the last... Um, sort of six months or so sort of blow my mind so my medication it's called the sativa but actually right. it's a hybrid and it's an indica dominant strain and mm. I use it, it day and night and it's sort of balancing in the middle and it's like yeah this is what gets me to go but it also I can have it before bed and it's it's okay for me yeah nice. really because the, the problem is you know when you're when people are getting it illicitly, you know, when people are having to, having to force to buy it illegally because they can't get it legally from pharmacy sources, essentially, you don't know what you're getting. It doesn't matter if, you know, you just don't know what you're getting. It, it's like it's a complete um, gamble. You know, you don't know if you're getting something that's really going to help you for what you need. For a long time, so I used cannabis, knowing it was helping me in some aspects. and other aspects, I was must have been having stuff that was keeping me awake all night, giving me insomnia. And then I would just get myself into these mad routines, like ADHD brain, going just can't switch off. And now I'm on this strain, it's like, whoa. And now I've got, it's just here consistently for me. Um, The first time I got it, there was a delay because you have to have an import license. The pharmacy has to have an import license for your prescription. So patients who first get, um sunflowers they there is a delay but not always um it just seems to be with some products but that right. is as we go forward those sorts of things are being highlighted addressed um it's allowing us to go to the home office and say hey this is not right i'm waiting as a patient what's going on and the more we highlight and address these things the more that can be done about them eventually so 
yeah, I guess um, plea are really lucky that we get to work with, with so many cool stakeholders and so many cool people that want to do the same thing. We just want to have a good quality of life. And, right. and that we're enabling ourselves to do that as patients. You know, we've given ourselves a job. We recognise the value in our own worth now. Um, you know, volunteered for a long, long time doing this. I do not take a wage. I volunteer as well, but we still make money for our organisation, um, mm. and we we do that through different avenues. And we've done that by knowing and learning our worth. Um, I got invited to a workshop on NHS reimbursement of medicinal cannabis and it was set up by a producer of medicinal cannabis and I got a message a few days before saying oh um we're not going to pay participants and I responded saying okay well um you've asked me to attend I'm guessing that's because you think my knowledge and experience as a patient is going to benefit your organization in getting your getting your products on the NHS and getting it reimbursed and if I'm going to be a benefit to you you need to recognise the value that I recognise in myself. And actually, there is going to be a consultancy fee. If you if there is no budget for patient involvement, I'm afraid there is no patient involvement. And they were like, oh, yeah, of course, we'll pay your fee. So yeah, we were like, oh, it was that easy. Cool. So now, we've, now we are really do, working at when these companies want our input and our knowledge if they're going to do things anyway we might as well have that patient input and then mm. we can invest any money that comes our way this is part of being a community interest company any money that comes your way just gets reinvested into other projects so it's enabled things like to pay for our website and um pay someone to do a logo design and things like that so we can be professional as well so yeah it's fantastic um, now tell me how many people work at play um, at the moment, we have seven directors who yeah. sort of um, manage the data company. So five of us are sort of our executive committee, if you like, and manage the actual management of the company. And we cover, or I'm the chair and cover outreach. Then we have Lucy, who covers advocacy. Joe covers finance. Lorna covers governance. And Maddie covers research. And then we have an amazing advisory board made up of um, a team of really cool people. We actually launched our advisory board um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's really exciting. We have got on board Professor David Nutt, who um, he's head of neuropsychopharmacology at Imperial College London. And he's done all these amazing things. He's got over 500 original papers and all these book publications. And he's the chap who got um, fired from the government he was the drugs advisor and he essentially was fired for saying that horse riding was statistically more dangerous than ecstasy and they didn't like that he said drugs should be regulated essentially so we've got Profner on our team he's also the chair of drug science who we work closely with and um, we've got Carl Holvey who's the clinical pharmacist um, he's worked in the NHS before he's now working with Sapphire um, which is a cannabis clinic. Kate Thorpe, um, she's a specialist comms um, and like PR and stuff. She's absolutely fantastic with helping us with what we're doing in November. And then we've got Dr. Malamorking. She is um, she was in Forbes 30 under 30 um, in 2018 and one of Vogue's 10 
rising female stars. She's just been absolutely phenomenal. She um, is the head of marketing at Selen and Dr. Tara Mastracci, who is the clinical lead for vascular surgery at one of the main teaching hospitals in London. And Gavin Sathya Nathan, he is um, CEO of Altaflora and co-founder of Product Earth. So he's um, very much in like the industry business side. Um, and then we've got Carly Mayer. She was the first person in the UK to receive a prescription for cannabis since the launch. Wow. So we've got oh, a really like, wicked team of advisors. With, with our, yeah, with, and with our patient working group, we've got two sort of confirmed ambassadors um, or advocates, Justin Clark, um, he is helping to sort of coordinate our patient working group and Sarah Martin. You can read more about their bios on our website. And then in our support team so far, we have Ryan, who's um, he's doing some brilliant things. He's um, working um, with students for global health and students for sensible drug policy and lots of different things that he's done. So he's fantastic to have on board as well. So we are growing by the minute. We've had so many applications in our inbox to join us. So if anyone else is to get on board for anyone that's interested in looking looking at that it is it's awesome i mean what you just rolled out name after name of of people who aren't just um you know they're not just they haven't just been you know they've not just come out of university and they're graduates and, and they have also used you know cannabis or they found that they believe it's it can be helpful you've got like an accolade there of doctors who've worked in the nhs who have produced numerous white papers um you know it's 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 it's, it's really is like a collaborative team driven effort of people that and that's what it takes to make things happen isn't it as i'm sure you know from being on this project like once you surround yourself with the right people and you all have the same vision and you all have the same goal in your minds and you work on it continually and hold it in your minds and refer back to it and then review and think where are we on the way to a path of these goals it comes from being a thought in your mind to being a physical reality and mm -hmm. i wonder with, with efforts like yours realistically how close the uk is to becoming in a situation like it is you know in in the us and it is in in parts of um, europe as well didn't you ever do like the dispensary model just yet but i sort of envisage um sort of maybe cannabinoid centers and things like that because cannabis sits in a different place to like opioid medicine and gabapentinoids and things i was prescribed a cocktail of medica medications things like um I was offered fentanyl patches. That's 50 times stronger than street heroin. And two of our team have been on that and had to withdraw from that. It's evil. Yeah, um, I've, I've, read about, you know, I've read about that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then things like lots of morphine. Um, yeah, gabapentin was one of the things. Um, amitriptyline, dihydrocodine, tramadol. And I was expected to be running like the largest bone cancer centre in Europe on tramadol, ironically off my face on drugs. And I'll, oh, <laughs> I, laugh I was ill, I was sick, and my own, the, and it didn't make sense. And I was given cocktail drugs and starting to find the right types of cannabis. I was like, well, I'm just going to stop taking that one. I'll wean myself off that one. And spoke to my doctors about some of them and others. I just went for it. Um, and actually, now the only thing that I take is cannabis. Yeah. 
And I'm to with the means because I'm allergic to something. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we'll, we'll let you let you off with those. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm allergic. Well, I'm allergic to cats actually, cats and evergreen trees. Yeah. So we've all got our yeah. thing wrong. But it, it, I always like to think if I can't pronounce something properly, I'm not I'm not keen to put it in my body. And and a, a large number of those. Uh, drugs that you just listed off, or just you couldn't even begin to um, properly pronounce them, let alone spell them or write them down. And it, it's funny, isn't it? Because like you were just having them things thrown at you, right? And like you say, fentanyl, which for anyone watching, fentanyl is probably one of the most addictive, if not the most addictive prescription drug in the world. Um, and it's something that you have to be. Yeah, well, it probably it is. Yeah, right. But it's something you have to be incredible because it can just it can be something you take too much of when you don't wake up in the morning. And but Carly, you were given really right. So, sorry, yeah, I, sorry. I, I actually declined that. But Carly won't mind me saying she's been on. She was on fentanyl patches. She's wrote a wicked blog. Um, I also helped run an awesome group called Plant Ed Collective, which is plant education. And that's like a yeah. female-led, um, you know, kind of a bit firm. We microdose psilocybin and we talk about plant medicine. We recorded last night, actually, our latest 10-minute brew where we sit and have a chatter. We've done one about access to cannabis in lockdown and one about the Wim Hof method. Um, so, yeah, that, that should be coming out next week, our new 10-minute brew. But if you go on plantedcollective.co.uk, there's a good article um, that Carly's written about withdrawing from opiates and mm. using cannabis to support that and other things that you can do to support yourself And if you are thinking of withdrawing from opiates and want to do that safely. I mean, always speak to your clinician about that because it can depend what other things you're on and such. But, yeah, yeah. she's written sort of supporting article for people that are going through that process, which is really helpful, actually. Yeah, I just put planted the planted collective, which sounds like another great thing you're a part of in in the comments there for anyone who wants to check that out. <laughs> Tell me about, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, the Wim Hof method because I keep hearing about it, but I don't know what it is. So, um, Carly and Liz are more well versed in this. So, Wim Hof is a chap who, through his own grief, actually um, found this breathing mechanism. He was going and taking himself and throwing himself in the ice-cold lakes to try and keep himself distracted from the grief of losing his wife, I believe it was. Um, mm. And eventually he found himself <sighs> breathing in, letting go. <sighs> and if you do this in out movement that he does in the right rhythm, look mm. at it up, don't copy what I just did exactly, um, <laughs> you can get yourself like we all started off having cold showers and but yeah mm. then Carly and Liz have been throwing themselves in the sea I went in the sea in Cornwall actually this weekend without a wetsuit and I was like oh actually I'll do a bit of breathing and then I went boom I was fine um but it's really annoying my shower you turn it on cold then after about 10 seconds it goes warm again so I, I kind of cheat with mine but the girls do theirs like if you want to learn more about that again go on the planted website and um, planted collective.co.uk because we've got our 10 minute brews on there and we talk a lot about the Wim Hof method and um, I think we actually might have wrote something about there as well if my memory is correct there might be an article about that one, so. awesome cold showers I've got a mate um, who does that every morning and he's like you've got to do it you've got to do it and I do try and do it but then I just wimp out I'll ask probably <laughs> <Well, laughs> yeah, 
try it. Um, try it. Go with the whole, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Try it. You can get. Um, I think there's an app called Commune, and I'm not sure the the cost of it, but occasionally they do like free um trials and so Wim Hof is on there as well. It's just the breathing exercises for you. You might find right. some. You might find someone on YouTube that's. Uh, that can teach you it. I don't know. Written it down, so will not be forgotten. Yeah, watch <laughs> minute brew about it. You'll you'll enjoy it. And we always have a laugh when we record them. They're quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's awesome. So tell me about um, some goals. In fact, no, before we go there, tell me about what's been like the biggest challenge that you guys have faced so far. You've already kind of talked about a lot oh, of them. Wow. That was recognising our own value and worth. And we've overcome that now, I think. Um, yeah. We were like, hang on, we're all patients. We're all giving our knowledge away. We've all done this for free for such a long time. We all volunteer for play. But why are we volunteering for these other organisations? Why are we giving ourselves away? Mm. Really had to consider and, and learn our value and go, hang on a minute, if we're helping them, that's going to better them. But to us, the value of working with some organisations is enough. You know, with Drug Science, for example, they're a charity, we're a non profit, or we're not mm -hmm. going to go and charge them to work with them, we're going to work collaboratively. But if yeah. we're doing consultancy where we're literally telling people how they can run a clinic better or how their product could be better and things like that. Well, yeah, cool. Pay us for our time. And then yeah. all of this money is reinvested back into more plea activities. So it's really cool to be able to do that. And we finally realised, well, hang on a minute, we don't necessarily have to take sponsorship from these big companies that want to pay us for X, Y, and Z. We've managed to turn down things because we can go oh, make money through this avenue, actually. And, yeah, you know, fantastic. Profit still is important to us because it's what keeps us running. We all volunteer our time and the money that we get goes back in, and that's why we're a non-profit, because it all gets put back into the company. And like I say, there isn't there's um it, there isn't anyone sort of leading us other than ourselves. We're the directors yeah. of the management committee and yeah. We as patients have made this by patients or for patients. So that's, yeah, we had to put patient led in the name for that reason, like I said. Yeah, by patients, for patients. Yeah. It's good to know your value. It's one thing to know your value, and then it's another thing to have it appreciated and 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 met. You know, people yeah. don't get paid, I believe. Like I read this somewhere once. I can't believe that, can't remember where the quote comes from, but people don't get paid for the hour. They get paid for the value that they bring to the hour. Yeah. If people paid for the hour then they would just they would just sit wherever they're sitting and get paid for eight, for eight hours right it doesn't work like that that's that's why two people can work in the same position and one person can be getting more money than the other person because they're doing it better they're bringing more value to the place that they work at you are bringing an enormous amount of value in the things that you do and so you should be rewarded for it you know so it's good that you've i think you've you've broke that now with that first one and now you've set the bar for anyone else that wants to that's yeah. That was what I was going to say next. To go, yeah, recognize your worth too, right? This is your value, and this is what you bring to the table. Own it because they're owning it. They're owning your value. Yes. They want your value. They've asked you to come here. They want you there at their table. Yeah. You let them pay you to yes. be there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, they're going to let you come for free if you don't say anything, right? But if you 
So actually, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I was I, like, oh, do I send this? Do I not? Do I send this message? Do I not? About do? And then I was like, boom, do you know what? No, you, I'll tell them straight. And actually, it was Mim's wedding that weekend then. It was my sister's wedding. So mm. my friend went off for a bit and then turned it back on on the Tuesday because it was like holiday. And I was like, oh, they've said, yeah. Cool. I didn't need to be worried. I they already knew my value. Of course they did. I just needed to know it myself. There yeah. we go. And now we do. We've had a question on the side here. I'm going to show this up. I don't know if it will show up. There you go. Can you see that? Yes. Poetry bowel disease, Crohn's, which I'm sure a lot of people know what that is. This intrigues me. As opposed to uh mesaline, right there, mess a Lazine, mesalazine based medication with low dose of Im immusopression and a low dose of you read that one amitriptyline for sleep yoga meditation and shadow work are all health and well-being choices Pray, prayama exercise, i.e. breathing techniques can be soothing. Emily, I am so sorry for pronouncing that so badly, but I completely understand what you're saying, and I'm sure Abby does. For effort. Um, Emily, if you want to get in touch, feel free. I don't know. I've probably been tagged somewhere, but I'll, I'll comment on the post afterwards so you can find me personally. Um, yeah. And you're more than welcome to get in touch. We have a few patients with IBD. Um, sort of talking and understanding about this and um, I have gut dysmotility. Um, I was thought to have um, IBS and other things like that but it turns out it's gut dysmotility due to EDS and actually cannabis is the only thing that enables me to eat. When I was at my parents I had a huge surgery about 18 months ago and I had to meet with my parents. And even my mom was like, you need to go and medicate because she's realising I'm like, oh, I can't eat. My insides aren't working. I haven't been to the toilet. Um, and it's not for everybody. It, it's proven to help with a lot of things. And I'll say this about cannabis. Although it's proven to help with lots of things, it's not guaranteed to help you with that thing. But mm -hmm. if it's what you wanted to explore and wanted to understand more about, please do get in touch. Um, or like I say, I'll, I'll add a comment. Or you can message. Uh, anyone's welcome to email me as well if you've been here and um, you can put my email in the comments it's abby a b b y at plea community.org.uk i'll type it here as well so you can copy and paste it, Got it. So, yeah everyone's welcome to email me um or email plea community in general it's just hello at plea community.org.uk um yeah or get in touch via the website there you go. And I will, I have dropped all of those things in the comments as you've been typing them because although I'm not good about reading big words live, I can type. That's <laughs> 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 uh, funny. Um, right. So before you jump off, and it's been an absolute delight to talk to you, it really has. And, and you've, I thought I knew a bit about this. Guys, now that there's a whole world of stuff I don't know, particularly to what you've just said about the new science about them finding that there's a lot more to it than endocrine sativa yeah. now. So I'm definitely going to be reading into that. Mind blowing! It's amazing. <laughs> a whole new world. 
Oh, now, well, what... you looking it up, and if you've got any questions, then you just holler as well. Maybe we'll learn some things together. I honestly learn new things every day working in this arena. Yeah. And the fact that I've managed to forge myself uh, a job, and even though I don't get paid, it's still a job to me. I still work. I still have the hunger for the hustle because you got it in there. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a million pound in the bank, but as long as you have your hunger for the hustle you can believe in what you want to do you can make it happen you can absolutely make it happen yeah you just have to keep going and you know have that faith in yourself and look after number one number one's the only one that will look after you that's all in <laughs> oh, yeah. well, if you know if you know the why you can endure anyhow yeah. is a great quote from from a man called les brown yes les brown. I can read this one as well, which is even better. Medical cannabis has been cha has changed my life. Fingers crossed it will be available one day soon on the NHS. Well, let me tell you, Abby on. Hughes is the one who's going to make it happen. Awesome podcast, guys. Thank you. Surrounded by everyone else, not just me. We, are, we do yes. work the world driven effort now we have got a bit of time here so i'm going to go through these i'm a new patient through project 21 penny b i've been prescribed for a month and so far i can already sleep for the first time in years fantastic i have se severe curvature of the spine fibromegladin and spina bifida chronic pain been in my life for 30 years and it keeps me awake wow it's a long time i can now sleep at night but my pain hasn't decreased yet i know it can help well done well done guys for taking action on cannabis it changed my life oh, that so has warmed my heart and this is why we do what we do because we hear this day in day out cannabis has changed my life and we put our tag as um we are we for quality of life with medicinal cannabis. You could be giving me sawdust for all I care. It's the quality of life that's important to me, and it just happens to be cannabis that's improving that. And when we hear stories like Penny's, it's like, and Gillian, it's, that is why we do what we do, because I was a manager in the NHS for 10 years. Lorna just wants to be a housewife. Lucy's a university student. You know, we all got these things that we're doing in our lives, and we are just normal people who just want to crack on with life and live best life that we can and if cannabis is enabling us to do that then let's talk about it and decrease that stigma and get access to cannabis through mainstream healthcare for patients in the uk yeah it's good it's happening it's happening you have the vision you've got your team you're working towards it it's the kind of thing it is it is it is the hustle and it's really interesting because it's not the hustling and it can be a vast vast variety of things i define hustle to be not liking the circumstances you have, so creating your own, and that's essentially what you lot are doing as a team. There, it's not a hustle as as opposed to you know, the money making objective. It's not a hustle as opposed to you know starting or or having a business or circumstances you see. So working towards to create some different ones. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit in a, a different spin. Now, before you go, Abby. Um, I would like you to give me a couple of tips that you would give to anyone who wants to start. A... Okay. Wants to start, yeah, a CIC is a, is a good one, I think. Yeah. 
Um, firstly, believe in yourself. If you're there going, oh, I'm not sure, this, is it a good idea, is it not? Do you know what? Go for it. There's one way to find out. There's one way to find out. Crack on with it. Um, have a plan with your team and support your team. Your team should be your mates. I'm not on about, oh, you all go for dinner at the end of the day. You should be able to be open and trust each other. And working with the team is the most important and precious thing that you can do. And don't take it for granted. We all have our ups and downs. We're all, um, you know, we all have our different ways of working. But by working collaboratively, that, you know, don't be afraid to work with others. Some people really worry about working with other people and want to keep it to themselves. But if you feel like you need some more help, then go, you know, don't try and do it by yourself because you'll end up burning out if you, you know, I'm not, some people can do things on their own, wicked, go for it. But if you feel like you want a team around you, share that vision and that passion. It will, that will just reflect back on you and your vision and passion will grow bigger and greater. Um, and thirdly, um, I would say have a set of values. If you're going to be a community interest company, have a set of values, live by them and only work with other people that meet your values. You know your values, you know your worth, you know your morals. Ensure that people you're working with adhere to those too. But on the flip side to that, there's lots of companies out there that might not meet your value. But if you can help them to understand that and why that's important, they might start to have better values themselves. And that's why I love about plea. We've got a really strong set of values and we've actually instilled some of those values with other organisations who perhaps wouldn't have had such a strong values themselves otherwise yeah awesome um i would just like to add to the first bit you said about doing stuff on your own and then doing stuff as part of a team you know i've had many companies over the years and i've, I've got a few different ones that i run and own now and there was a time when i did try and do it all myself i really had to because of finances when you start out sometimes you have to but when i started giving you know delegating little bits out yes you can do this yes i need someone to do that let's find someone it just took so much weight off my shoulders and actually made um the project and the business whatever it was i was working on just run and flow so much more smoothly because then when you give you know the jobs out i'm a great believer of everyone should to an end stay in their own lane you know, if you're a marketer to do that if you're a copywriter do that if you're good with numbers and money you do that if everyone does that stays in their lane hones their craft and just gets better and better at it and then works as a team to put together, then you're going to have a fantastic result. Yeah. But um, my, in in my mind, it's like, I some people say about how they live outside the box and some people live inside the box. To me, the box doesn't exist. Like, you know, if I lived yeah. in that box, I wouldn't play ukulele now. I wouldn't do all these random things that I'm involved in. Everyone's like, how have you got the time to do all this mad stuff? And I'm like, because I want to. That's what I want to do in my life. So actually, although I've got my head deep in plea, there's loads of other avenues and things that I'm involved in. And that's another tip I'd say, actually. Don't let it consume your life. Work within your means. And as Lorna would say, only, only commit to what you can do and do what you've committed to because actually that's that's what's going to help the team the most i think um look after yourself you know don't work yourself and grind yourself to the core life is for living 
and I've made plea in my life, but actually I know when to step away from it. I've had a weekend away this weekend that's made me reflect and go, actually, you know, it's caused a few things that, you know, I said to my partner actually that we'd be done about quarter past 11 and he laughed in uh, GMT time and he laughed and he was like, what, tonight? Because he knows that when I love something and I'm involved in it, I want to crack on and it's already 25 to 12. So we knew that we were going to go on longer than we should have. We already did an hour at Wicked. But that's because I love it and I'm passionate about it and I'm driven by it. What I want to do with my time. I'm doing something that I want to do with my time. And that's really, you know, that's the crux of it. You can build, if you can build your own role into something that you really enjoy, then go for it. Do it. Yeah. Let me tell you, as, as a long-time friend of yours, it genuinely warms my heart, Abby, to know that you have found what you are passionate in, and you and you you know you're following it and you're using that passion to now help others. Because it's like, I think I think you can fairly easily, particularly in the modern world, live your whole life, never find what your passion is, die and take all and let the graveyard rob the world of all of your talents and passions that you could have expressed to the world and helped others with it's fairly easy to do that and it takes it takes quite a lot to explore different things and find your passion some people are lucky to just bump into it but that's not very typical so well done you for exploring no, I was, not last year the year before i was doing improv comedy before my legs got two mangles on it <laughs> So improv comedy, and then I did stand-up comedy. I performed at the Glee Club to 450 people. Did I ever think I'd do that in my life? No. But you know what? Hey, I did it. Came across this thing. I thought, you know what? I'll raise some money for cancer research. I'll do stand-up comedy. Why the hell not? I could be dead tomorrow. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna crack on and do all these things that I want to do. And I, I really enjoy my life. I have, I'm like the fun auntie. <laughs> I actually have. <laughs> And I can't wait for my niece to grow a bit older because I am like, yeah, that's yeah. No, I'm an, I'm an uncle now. And I can't wait. I'm an, I'm an uncle now, and I can't wait to uh, yeah, to be able to. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's been an absolute joy to have you. On. No, my pleasure. Definitely, once once the news comes out in November, we'll get you back on. Because there's a been uh, there's a lot of people here who are interested. I'm going to connect you with Emily on the side as well. She's just asked me yeah, another yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely. You can well. chat together. That's fine. Anyone else that wants to get in touch, feel free to message me or email me. Um, or if you've got any general questions or you want to help, please um, pleacommunity.org.uk or hello at pleacommunity.org.uk. And then add the um, things that I mentioned earlier as well. The ten minute brews there on plantedcollective.co.uk. Got it. You can find all of those in the chat, people, and I will also put them in the descriptions afterwards. Abby, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? Um, I'm going to try and go for a walk because my legs have stiffened up. I'm a bit getting on a bit now. We're 32 now. No, I've uh, <laughs> I have my leg rotated. I need to go and stretch. <laughs> my legs are all that's driving me insane. So I think a little stretch, and I might even go to Creation Skate Park and have a rollerblade. Oh yeah. Because I can. <laughs> because I can. Because you can. I love because that. I can. Because I can. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. oh, oh, well, enjoy your day, and I'm going to connect you with these people on the side, and I'll catch up with you soon. Cool. I don't, what time is it where you are? Is it evening now? It's twenty-two nine. Yeah, on Saturday night. 
Cool. Well, you enjoy your Saturday night, whatever you're up to in this oh, weird yeah. old world that we're in right now. And uh, I'll speak to you soon, dude. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> no worries. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye. See you, everyone.